Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, And don't forget the code T-R-I-P-A-P. That will get you $200 off your tri-booth. Now, George, you've been whizzing around the country like crazy. Uh, you went to Podfest. Um, what were you actually doing at Podfest? I was suitcasing. That's what we oh, call it in the business. Stealing people's suitcase? <laughs> suitcasing. <laughs> suitcasing is when you show up in an event that you didn't sponsor and you start schmoozing and handing out cards and selling your wares. Yeah, you don't have a booth, basically. And you don't have a booth, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thanks to Jody Krangle. Thanks, Jody. Um, Jody was a sponsor this year. She actually got an award. as a, She got a community award from the PodFest event, which was really cool. They also had an award show there for the, it's, you know, their, every community needs an award. So they have their, they have their own awards uh, event there. They call them life, I guess they call them like lifetime achievement award type awards. And uh, Dr. Drew was there giving out the awards. He's a famous, he's a, he's a TV personality. He, he had, he's been on numerous shows over the years. He's um, kind of shilling stuff a little bit, isn't he? Like, he, like yeah. he's even like diet oh, yeah. fed stuff. And so, so here's the deal. Pod, the podcasting community is an interesting one, right? So it's a mixture of a lot of solopreneurs, right? Yep. Which is why I'm there. I'm a solopreneur. Then you've got a lot of people that have something to say that would not fly on traditional media, right? Yeah. So extremists own whatever thing it is, you know, because they, they, you can, it's your podcast, you can say whatever the heck you want. So you have a lot of people, I could saw a lot of like, you know, people that were wearing like, um, don't tread on me shirts and you know yeah like survival like like buy all this food and stockpile it and here's how to live in a hole for 80 days during the apocalypse so there was a represent <laughs> some people on that community were, were represented then you had a lot of people that are women you know um every interest group you can imagine there's somebody at the podcast podfest because they want to either they have a podcast they want to start they want to learn about it or they have one and they want to promote it or they just want to get better at what they do and more efficient. So that's why they come. And I was spending my time bouncing between the expo hall and some of the different talks that were there. And there were many, many, many panels. And so what's cool about this conference, which I think sets it apart from every other conference that I've ever been to, is they use an app called Whova, spelled like Whova, H-W-H-O-V-A, and the Whova app is a community app that lets you know exactly who's at the event. You know exactly who they are. You have their contact info. You can exchange info. It's kind of like the NAM Show app on the on the phone. Did you use the NAM Show? Yeah, app? I was going to say this sounds just like the NAM Show app, which was kind of annoying. Yeah, just not as crappy. Although the NAM Show app got better, but it was terrible for a long time. But so now you have a way to contact every single person at the event. And so I'm looking at the app right now. And it says the total number of attendees was 1,869. 
Wow. That's pretty good. That's, that's not bad. That's good. Yeah, so definitely bigger than VO Atlanta. They would like to be that big, I'm sure. In fact, um, J. Michael Collins from VA Atlanta was there, actually, at PodFest with a booth. But what kind of price, I mean, what kind of price? VA Atlanta is really expensive to attend. So when you're talking about 700 people being at that show, you're still talking about a lot of coin. Whereas, was this one like 100 bucks a ticket, or was this $700 a ticket? They do the thing which a lot of conferences do, which is having a lot of different tiers. Mm-hmm. So... Uh-huh. They, you can go. You can start at like two hundred, and you can go up to a thousand bucks. So the thousand dollar ticket is a VIP, and that's actually the ticket that I had because Jody, as a sponsor, actually got a companion ticket, and she offered it to me, which was extremely kind. So I went as a VIP, which was cool because I could go to every single happy hour, and you know all those special things where they give out. They have hors d'oeuvres, and you can schmooze and stuff. And that was really valuable because while I was in line for one of these, you know, waiting in line for a drink, I met a voice actor, not sorry, I met a podcaster who runs a show about the chemical industry. And here, you know, I'm thinking, okay, that could be the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't let the conversation end. And instead, I, I kind of dug in and said, and I came at it from an absolutely entrepreneurial mindset of like, okay, everybody has a need every industry has a need is there a need in that space that i can fill right so by the time we got to the front of the line to get our drinks i had already figured out a niche that i wanted to fill she said i'd like to have you on my show let's you know i'd like to share this with my community let's work on maybe a package for the people that listen to my show it was like all this came out of just standing in line wait wait, wait, wait. let me let me make sure i understand this she's got a show about chemical engineering chemical industry like she does a show where the audience are people working in the chemical industry and you are co-marketing with her now if she replies to my email yes okay so this is the thing you have to i also realize you go to these shows these people come they it is an absolute like schmooze gasm yeah. Right. <laughs> You're meeting hundreds of people, making tons of connections, talking about amazing ideas. And then after that event, it is up to you. You have to be, uh, you really have to follow up. I mean, I've, I've, so one guy, he has a Calendly link on his website. So he's like, Hey, let's chat. So I immediately made a point with him and I'll be talking with him as soon as he gets over COVID. Oh, yes. Yeah, because that's the other thing that these conferences are for. I mean, that's certainly what I got from from freaking Nam. Yeah, I got my COVID by hanging out in Venice Beach. It was a little more fun, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got it over got over a couple of weeks ago. But um, so um, so as soon as he's off his thing, I'm going to be talking about his studio that we're going to that we are going to build in Dallas. So that turned into another gig. Hopefully, he seemed very keen. So for me, on a B2B level, business to business, I had made some really great contacts. And then on a B2C level, business to what consumer, consumer. Um, I handed out my card to a lot of people. And it was really nice because the vendors that I did know there, which was BSW and Centrance and Yellow Tech, all know me. Oh, you have great relationships. And they were all willing to keep my cards at their table. And I would just circulate the room. And every time I stood near the table... Someone would walk up and say, what is all this stuff? And, you know, and they would, and they would often mention me and say, George is the guy that can help you. So it was extremely valuable for me to be there, um, to network yeah. and connect with folks. And whether it turns into a true ROI, who knows? You just never know until the deposit comes. But I did make some really good, valuable 
connections there. I also hopefully endeared them to the point where they will involve me in the production of the show next year so that they will not have super loud PA systems blaring in a very large <laughs> echoey room to the point where you can't hear the, you know, the person presenting um, or you can't talk to your vendor that you're trying to talk to because the sound system's blasting. Uh, it's funny because podcasting is all about audio, but at the same time, it kind of has this like, um, it's just such a broad demographic because everyone is really like, I just want to have the podcast done. I'm not really about the process of podcasting. I just want it to be good. Oh yeah. And there's a lot of networks and producers at these events that want you to sign on with them. You know, that will get you uh, ad dollars and do all the marketing for you. And there was quite a few of those companies there too, you know, but for me, it was like, it was just learning about the, the community, who's doing it, who's producing it, how do they do it, what are the issues that they're having in producing it. And what was cool with the Whova app is I was able to immediately, when there was an issue with the sound and it was too loud, I was able to immediately post something in there and get the attention of one of the organizers who within probably 20, 30 minutes was asking me, where are you? Let's talk. That's pretty awesome. I really love that. Yeah. When I was at Podcast Movement, that was not happening. That was not going to get through to somebody. How who big is listen. podcast movement compared to this one? You know, physically, it's a bigger space. It was a larger space, more more vendors. But I think in the actual turnout, it probably wasn't all that bigger. But podcast movement attracts more corporate entities. So you had um, iHeart Podcasts from iHeart Media and iHeart Radio. Yeah. Um, you had Amazon. You had all these very big brands there, you know, there to represent their podcast interests and hopefully find yeah. their new hit big hit show, you know. So that was a very different thing. They were not doing that at Podfest. So were they, they, these big companies that you're talking about, but they were looking for podcasts to put on their platforms. Is that is that correct? At Podcast Movement, yeah, the, they're 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 there to schmooze with their with their big sellers. You know, their big shows. They had what you would expect. They had beautiful sets with couches and. You know, they spent some big time money big dollars, to be there. Yeah. And PodFest wasn't like that at all. PodFest felt a lot more like a voiceover convention with a, a smaller expo hall. And it was and as Jody told me before, it's very more much more grassroots and more friendly. Do they both have like an educational thing? Tons and tons of education. Like the one gentleman I'm gonna work with named Larry Roberts, he had a thirty minute thing on how to write your next book using ChatGPT. And it was an absolute paint by numbers. This is exactly how I did mine. Just do it like this and you can have a 200 page bound book in about a week. Right. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, dude, I want that PDF. And he said, here, scan this QR code, download the PDF. Right. So I'm going to use that because I have been gathering my own knowledge with my own custom language model to create my own chat bot. So now I actually have all the content that I would need to make a book. And that's the thing that's kept me from wanting to do a book because the research and the time to compose a book is eternity in the pre-chat GPT AI era. But now I can very, very quickly outline a book and, and write the chapters with the help of, of a language, you know, a chat GPT. And the beauty of it is it's my own knowledge. I'm not scraping from anybody else. So that was a really cool revelation. So there was a lot, there was a lot to learn there. I wonder if we could, you know, sort of ingest our podcasts that we've been doing for the last five years. Of course. And then write a book from that. Absolutely. Could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is frighteningly simple to do it. 
I mean, it is crazy easy. I, I could do it in two days. Um, it just really is bizarrely simple. But you want it to be good. Um, yeah. you know, so there's going to be more time involved. You want to read the entire book, right? You want to make sure everything that's being written isn't garbage. Right? Yeah. So, and you have to make sure it's factual. Yeah. So there's time involved, but, um, still, yeah, it's, it wouldn't be that hard because we have what, six or seven years worth of content on YouTube. Yeah. All that content is easily scrapable. You create a sitemap from all that content and you load the sitemap into a chatbot utility and that's, you're done. I mean, that's how easy it is to build a chatbot from any content. But where and are you getting your initial chatbot from? Like, where's the uh, infant AI Robert that I can go put on the server and start freaking feeding it like Fargoa? Oh, what's the what's the <laughs> service I'm using? Yeah, for that. Um, uh, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, we would like to know because we'd like to write, like to write a book. But yeah. Yeah. Well, this isn't I'll for do, a book, but for my I own. I think if I was going to do a book, it'd be a coloring in book. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> dot to dot. For my custom chat GPT, I'm using a thing called custom GPT. That's actually what I'm using as a service to build my, my chatbot. And um, okay. it's extremely user-friendly and they have all the right tools. You have to be a little bit savvy, but it's it's you don't have to be knowledgeable about code you don't have to be knowledgeable about a lot of things because they have a lot of good content on there and how to do it. You have to learn how to write a persona. Your persona is literally, how is your chatbot going to talk to people? Is it going to be mean and abusive? You can make it do that if you want. You can have it, right. you can have it be abusive and angry. You can have it be overly effusive. You can have it be friendly. You can have it be way too verbose. You can tell it exactly how you want it to behave. So I've been working on my persona to make sure my chatbot is friendly but still gives very direct information and at the end always plugs my business. <laughs> That's how it works, you know. You should give it you should give it a brief like most of the uh, voiceover briefs that we get. Nonsensical sort of garbage that is impossible to understand. You can do that. Voice tone should be a little more purple than blue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. It'd be interesting just to like make this thing follow you around. Like if you just videotaped every day and this thing ingested one day behind what you were. So, yeah. And then it just, whatever, this conversation here, all of it, it's just like. Oh yeah. No, there, there, by the way, there is a little device that you can slap onto your iPhone and just, it just lives on the back of the phone, like a little barnacle. Mm -hmm. And it, it does that. It records every single phone conversation and, and then does a chat GPT, you know, transcription of it. For what purpose, George? It's the ultimate note-taking device. I mean, literally uh, every phone okay. call you make yeah. is recorded and, and converted into notes and summarized. Um, it'll, it'll record, you know, it has a mic, so it'll record what's in the room, but it'll also record what's coming out of the phone. Mm. Like, we're all going to yeah. have a AI a persona copy yeah. of ourselves. And totally. when we die, that's going to live on in some form or that's another. That's Google and Assistant. That's going to be normal. That's what that is. That's already exists. Yeah. You see the crap yeah. that it gets it gets thrown at me that you know Tanae and I have talked about in the kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah. Just listening. It's like just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So well, I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell you the story. This is a really wacko story. This goes back to the eighties. Um, Mick Fleetwood was in Australia, and uh, he came in to to do an interview, and he was sitting there with a little cassette recorder recording everything. And after we'd done the interview, I said, oh, you know, were you just getting a copy of the interview? He said, no, no, no. I record everything. 
He, he recorded every conversation he has, everything. So he was an archivist or a librarian type person. Yeah, no, but when he gets home, <laughs> he said, when I get home, I like to sit in the house and listen back to all the cassettes. Oh, God. Weird. He's got time for that. And I'm like, like Fleetwood, I suppose, but... I think there were a few things that they, they did in the 70s that's obviously come back to haunt him, I reckon. I reckon. Absolutely. <laughs> Either that or he was just very proud of himself and just really wanted to hear that's what he bizarre. had to say. It was, it was so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, well, really wow. weird. I mean, it's in, in the same way I'll watch our, our show occasionally or listen to the show. It's just a different experience to hear back what you were saying on the show. And I might pick up something you guys, you said that I didn't notice. Um, you might edit and listen to, and it's a different format than the way we did it. But, um, at this point I'm looking at, it and I know we've gone off topic from Podfest to AI again, cause this is the way, <laughs> this is the way the yeah, show goes. That's why we're but it's like, I just want to, I want to make sure I have my IP in my chat bot before somebody else does. I, I can't stop somebody from taking all my YouTube videos and putting it in their chat bot. But at least I can have mine and have it in my I own I think you should be able to stop it. somebody from pay- taking all your YouTube videos and putting it in their chat bot. Absolutely. Well, I could go into YouTube tomorrow and just say, these are all unlisted and they're gone. No, I know that. But even though you have your stuff up there on a platform where it's basically monetized, and that's one thing that you should be allowed to do, having someone ingest it, it's like still your ownership. They can ingest it, but they can't turn around a, c- a commercial chat bot. Well, I can. Well, yeah, this is why New York Times is suing ChatGPT. Right. That's literally how the year started out. That news story came out, and I was like, hmm, I can't afford to sue anybody. That's never going to happen. But the least I could do is at least have my chatbot and at least put it out there before somebody else does and market it. I mean, you know, that's, I figure that's the best that I can do. I, I'm, I, can't, I can't stop anybody from stealing my content. There's, there's unscrupulous people in the voiceover world who would do that for sure. People that are just trying to make a buck and have content on their website, and people do it all the time anyway, just not to the scale of a chatbot, you know. But that's going to be the thing of twenty twenty four is making yeah. So 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 what there's going to be at at some point there's going to be lawyers or just like um like for instance we had a film a commercial and the producer was telling us that uh, Ford sued the company. And I was like, why? And it, well, it turns out it wasn't really Ford. So essentially what they got sued for is the commercial had a cop in it and the cop was sitting in it, Crown Victoria, because that's like your cliche cop car, right? right? So yeah. next thing you know, Ford gets a letter from some lawyer that just says, I can get you $200,000 signed here. Yeah. Ford CE, not CEO, some, some lower, who knows who signs it. Next thing you know, the guy, the lawyer now has Ford behind him and he goes and sues the director or the production company of the car for not getting a license to use their likeness of a car because it's so associated with police and they extract $200,000 out of them. Wow. Okay. So nice. same thing, nice like people. some lawyer, some company's going to be there and they're just going to go through and be like, oh crap, I can tell where this chat bot's been trained. Going to reach out to all the people who trained it. We're also going to be replacing the lawyers with, with AI. With a chat bot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll be a chat bot. That, that, that's exactly right. There's going to be a chat wow. bot that's going to go see where other chat bots were trained. 
And then when it catches them, it's going to go send a letter of cease and desist, and you're going to be like, untrain your chatbot, which I don't even know if you can do that. Oh, yeah. Yes, you can. I go into, I can go into mine at any time and just say, take that out of the database, and it's, it's gone. I can put an entire YouTube channel in my thing and go, eh, I don't like... I've done it. I put a whole YouTube channel in my chatbot. I didn't like some of the answers it was giving, and I just took it back out again. Okay. So so basically, you'll get a letter, cease and desist letter like that, like remove this yeah. this content from your chatbot. Yep. And, um, yeah, that's probably what's yeah. going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you <laughs> listen to the show, and we will drivel on into AI land with no matter what the topic is. <laughs> that's all, because that's where we're all going. Uh, yes, <laughs> it is true. The next stop is the outro. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Tribooth. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. Theproaudiosuite.com. 